complete the sentence. The appeals here are not looped in the endless cycles that goes on in America, and there is no governor to grant clemency at the last dramatic minute. I have just one appeal, to the Supreme Court. Werner has appealed both the sentence and the conviction. The judges can do any of three things. They can confirm the conviction and uphold the sentence, confirm the conviction but quash the sentence, and best of all, they could quash both the conviction and the sentence. <laughs> Look at me, with my legalese. I have become an expert in my own case. Perhaps I would not be here at all if Verna had been my lawyer when I was arrested, or if she had represented me at my trial. I had no lawyer at all. When I confessed to killing Lloyd, I had not slept or eaten for days. That is another reason Verna is convinced my appeal will succeed. As I have said, writing to you was another of Werner's suggestions. Write it to Melinda Carter, she said. Tell her everything, even the things you think she already knows. You cannot imagine how strange it is to be addressing this to you. Like every person who has read the magazine you write for, I am familiar with your work. Every time I bought your magazine, I skipped the big celebrity interviews, the Iraq war and the financial scandal exposés, and made your column the first feature I read every month. So I know that you have made a career out of exposing miscarriages of justice. Verna has told me that you are here for a year to research a series of essays on our benighted justice system. Verity Gutu, that veritable fount of endless and often irrelevant information, told me that I was in good hands with Verna Sitole. She said, and these were her exact words, You are in good hands with that advocate, Sitole woman. Loveness told me about her defense of a woman in Gweru who had thrown her baby down a pit latrine. The baby had not survived. She had drowned in the feces and urine and rank sweat. Loveness said Verna got her off with a one-year suspended sentence. A pity, the magistrate said, that the lawyer showed more remorse than her client. Until the reprieve that Verna is fighting for comes, if it comes at all, I write this in the shadow of the gallows. If the Department of Public Prosecution and the Department of Prisons have their way, I will swing from a rope and hang until my neck lengthens to breaking point, where it snaps and my bowels open and my life is extinct, and I am given a pauper's funeral and an unmarked grave. I was thinking today about the question you asked me on our second meeting— why none of the journalists here have been interested in my story. On my less cynical days, I would answer that other things matter more. Who will win the election? Who will govern next? Which man has killed his wife with what instrument? Who will win Big Brother Africa? Football scores and cricket results, mysterious happenings involving sorcery and grave robberies, goblins and curses. In many ways, I'm glad that no one has chosen to tell my story. When the papers first reported Lloyd's death, they focused on my condition, just as had always been done in the township where I lived before Lloyd bought me. There was a brutal honesty in how the children regarded anyone different. If they saw a person with no legs, they did not point out a person living with no legs or a person living with no sight. They shouted, Ona chirema, ona bofu, come and see the cripple come and see the blind man calling attention to each deficiency. Their attitude was implicitly rooted in the language itself. 
Bofu is a noun class five denoting things, like benzi, the word for a mad person. Chirema, like a chimumumu, is a noun class seven, also denoting things, objects, lifeless objects, or incomplete deficient persons. As murungudunu or musope, I find myself with normal people in noun class one. But murungudunu is heavy with meaning. As a murungudunu, I'm a black woman who is imbued not with the whiteness of murungu, of privilege, but of dunu, of ridicule and fakery, a ghastly whiteness. I thought at first that writing all of this down for you would be difficult, but the memories are flooding my mind faster than I can write them down. Morbi's feet, the soil of Marapara Street on her soles, stick out from the bucket of her death. Copper plate thunders across the Amwinsydale Downs.